This program is brought to you by the partners of A Root Awakening International. Help others find truth. Support A Root Awakening International today. What does walking out the Torah in modern-day Israel look like? Look no further than Yehuda Glick. Yehuda and his wife Hadass are doing some very special things in Israel that are straight from our Father's heart. Yehuda Glick and Keith Johnson join us tonight because it's the end of the sixth day. The sun is set, and this is Shabbat Night Live! Well, Shabbat Shalom to our fans. Welcome to Shabbat Night Live with Michael Rood, or as Michael would call it, Shabbat Not Live, because not really live. We're taping this, not really live. He's in studio with us today. Welcome again to Michael. We are starting a new four-episode series tonight called Our Father's Heart. Keith Johnson and Yehuda Glick will share their miraculous meetups around the globe. It's really quite amazing, really, and how Yehovah is using them to awaken the world. We'll also share how from the Temple Mount to rebuilding love and support for young widows and orphans, Yehuda and Hadass Glick are truly making a difference. We'll talk more about that after we look at the astronomically and agriculturally corrected biblical Hebrew calendar. We are on the fourth Shabbat of the 13th month, the month of Adar Bet, which means you still have time to sign up for our Passover 2022 event. And someone who knows a lot about that is my co-host, the Chief Operating Officer of Rude Awakening International, Ted Clayton. Well, Scott, thank you so much for having me here today. And also, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here with us at uh, uh, right here for Shabbat Night Live. We are loving having you here with us. And we're gonna talk first about Passover 2022. It's less than a month away. Matter of fact, it's just a few weeks away. Just a few weeks away. April 15, 16. That's right. We're gonna have great guests line up for you, ladies and gentlemen. We got Yehuda Glick. We got uh, Chef Rich Hall. We got Keith Johnson. We got Nehemia Gordon. We got Linnell Gordon. We've got our uh, series that we do, our little uh, panel discussion. discussion. Thank you for helping me, Scott. (laughs) Uh, Dr. Tom Logan's guard. Dr. Tom Logan's guard's gonna be here. Ladies and gentlemen, you're not gonna wanna miss a single moment. And it's all culminated by Michael Rood's Seder. Ladies and gentlemen, at seven o'clock on Passover, you're gonna wanna watch that Seder. You're gonna wanna put your TV right up against the table and have Michael there with you as you celebrate Passover with him. You're not gonna wanna miss a single moment this year of Passover 2022, Passover then, and now, and Scott, tell us more. Well, you know, putting the, the television at the head of the table is actually a really good idea because if you think about it, you're gonna get a front row seat because right. our cameras can zoom in. And even if you were at the event like we used to do at the hotels, you never really got that close. That's right. You're not, so the closest you're gonna get is with the camera. So if you put them right at the head of the table, it is literally like having Michael at your Seder meal. And That's if he's really walking good. around, he'll be walking around your table. <laughs> Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. We, you're not gonna wanna miss a single moment of Michael's great Seder teaching. And also, I don't know why we mentioned it or not, I know you 
kind of said it, but Dr. Tom Logan's guard's gonna be here yes. with you talking about special health things with the blood. Yes, yeah, so, so we're calling it, uh, of course you've heard in the Bible that uh, the life is in the blood, but yes. your life is also in your blood. And what we're trying to get across here is that if you do a blood test, you can tell what things may be coming into your future if you don't make some changes. And we're gonna teach you how to look for that and what changes to make if you're seeing some things that aren't right. Yeah, now also, Scott, we wanna talk about this month's love gift. Uh -huh. Time is closing out now. Yep. Six for days left, I think. Six yep. days left for you to be able to get this wonderful love gift teaching from Bill Cloud. Whom will you serve? Scott, yes. tell us more about that. Beautiful teaching that Bill came in to give to us, and it's all about today and this time when you have government versus God. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Even if your laws in your country are not righteous. What, you know, what do you do in that situation? Do you That's follow right. the government because we're supposed to render unto Caesar what is Caesar's? That's right. Yet, how do we do that without breaking the Torah? So it's, wow. it's a decision time. And this, these decisions are becoming more and more serious all around the world. And if you don't think it's going to come to your door, think again. It is. If you know anything about things like one world government, revelation, all these type of things, you see it happening. This time is going to come to your door. You have to decide what you're going to do. And there's a couple of uh, levels of gifts that we're gonna talk about a little bit later uh, on, the, on the commercial, but just to give you a real short uh, Please. Sum summary of that, yeah. is if you give a gift of $50 or more, you'll get the teaching. Mm -hmm. If you'd like to give the ministry a gift of $100 or more, you'll get the teaching and a beautiful uh, silver plated kiddush cup and co coaster set. And it comes with scenes of Jerusalem etched on them, which is really beautiful. That's great. And it is sterling silver, it's a sterling silver uh, plated. Beautiful set. Well, and you know, Scott, let me tell you, these are great things to have in your home to spark these conversations. What is this all about? What is that cup about? Uh, what is that uh, bookend about? <laughs> which and is the $300 level. That's yeah. right, mm -hmm. which is the $300 level. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't seen this, you need to see this that's on the screen right now, ladies and gentlemen. This is a beautiful item to have on your bookshelf. And once again, it's great because you can talk about your faith and share your faith with people that your, your brothers, your sisters, mm -hmm. your neighbors, your cousins, anybody that mentions it. You can stop and say, wait a minute, let me tell you about the truth. Have you ever heard of this guy, Michael Rood? Mm -hmm. Well, he's... He's really teaching the truth of the Bible right now. So, ladies and gentlemen, you're gonna to want to get these love gifts. They are fantastic, and you've only got a short time left. At the end of the month, they'll be gone, and you won't be able to get this. Get it now, get Bill Cloud's teaching, get these gifts, and support this ministry, ladies and gentlemen. And I know, sitting on the other side of the camera over there, Michael appreciates that very, very much. Now, you mentioned that Yehuda and Hadaskalik are gonna be part of Passover, yes. and they're in the teaching tonight. This is That's the first, right. well, just uh, Yehuda is with Keith, jo Keith Johnson tonight. is yes, uh, yes. gonna join us later in the series, but yeah. they, after they filmed this series, they gave us this uh, beautiful plaque. Yes. It's a glass plaque from uh, their organization, Shalom Jerusalem. Yes. And uh, they are doing something, and it's a nice little uh, mezuzah on the side here too, a beautiful right. little piece. And 
they are also doing something called Amatzim. That's which right. Amatzim.com. Yes. And uh, they are bringing together widows and orphans to basically hang out with one another. And they consider orphans not just uh, kids with no parents, but a kid right. where one parent has passed away. That's right. And just mom is left or just dad is left. They can all get together. The kids have fun. The yes. parents can have some conversation without looking after their kids 24-7. It's just That's a right. break time. And this is what Yehuda and Hadass are providing for folks in Israel, uh, they're trying to get this thing all over Israel and hopefully all over the world. And ladies and gentlemen, if you want to give to their great cause, you can give through the Lydia Project. The Lydia Project here at A Root Awakening supports this organization. So we encourage you today to give to the Lydia Project. You can see it on the bottom of your screen right now how you can give. Give to the Lydia Project, ladies and gentlemen, and the Lydia Project in turn supports this organization over in Israel because once again, the Lydia Project supports widows and orphans in the land of Israel, and that's one of the big things we do. So do it today. If you feel led, if God has led on your heart uh, to give to this organization, to be able to support these widows and orphans, give through the Lydia Project because we give back to them 100% of what we get for, uh, for their organization. So give today, and you can get that information on the bottom of your screen right, right now. Great, thank you, Ted. All right, so what does walking out the Torah in modern-day Israel look like? Look no further than Yehuda Glick. Yehuda joins us tonight along with Keith Johnson. It's the first episode of Our Father's Heart. But right now, it's time to get your bread and wine because the Kiddush with Michael is next. See you back here in two minutes. When measured against the word of Yehovah, some of man's laws are lawless, and there will soon come a point when you must decide whom you will serve. Using examples from the Torah, the New Testament, and from yesterday's headlines, Bill Cloud draws a striking parallel between the decisions made by heroes of the Bible and the decisions facing us in our modern world in this month's love gift whom will you serve? This is what I see taking shape, Scott. It is gonna to get to the point that we're gonna to have to make up our mind who we are more willing to offend, man or the Almighty. Who Will You Serve? Featuring special guest Bill Cloud is not for sale and it's not on YouTube. The only way to watch it is to receive it as a thank you gift from Michael Rood. Donate a $50 love gift and we'll send you whom Will You Serve on DVD or Blu-ray. Or for a donation of $100, we'll send you Whom Will You Serve, plus a silver-plated Kiddush cup and coaster with scenes of old Jerusalem. Or with a donation of $300, we'll send you Whom Will You Serve, the silver-plated Kiddush cup and coaster, plus a decorative bookend depicting a scene of worship at the Western Wall. These gifts are a limited time offer from Michael Rood to thank you for your support. Make your donation today and receive the $50 gift, the $100 gift, or the $300 gift. These special gift collections featuring Bill Cloud are available only in March and supplies are limited. Call now to receive your gifts, 888-766-3610. That's 888-766-3610. Or get your gifts online at monthlylovegift.com. Join us online for Passover 2022, a time of remembering, learning, preparing for the greater exodus, and celebrating the power of family. 
Passover 2022 is free, but you must sign up to watch it live. Sign up now at PassoverCharlotte.com. First, on Friday night, it's Passover meal prep with Scott Laird and award-winning chef Rich Hall. Sign up now to get the recipes. Then get a sneak peek at all of this year's special guests on Shabbat Night Live. On Saturday, it's a full day of teachings from Scott Laird and Dr. Tom Lokensgard, Nehemia and Linnell Gordon, Yehuda and Hadas Glick, and Keith Johnson. Plus, a panel discussion with all of our guests. And of course, a front row seat to Michael Rood's best Passover Seder ever. You'll even get 20% off almost anything in our online store and free coloring pages for the kids. Passover 2022, then and now. Sign up to watch it live at PassoverCharlotte.com. On the morning that the Passover lambs were selected, there were two loaves that were put on the wall of the temple. When the first one was removed, after that, no more leavened bread was eaten. When the second loaf was removed, then all of the leavened bread in the land of Israel was then burned because the Feast of Unleavened Bread was going to commence at sunset that evening. The night before, Yeshua took artos. He took leavened bread, and he blessed the Most High in the presence of his disciples, and he interpreted the Kadosh Mikra, the holy rehearsal that Melchizedek put in place with Abraham. Yeshua said the prayer of the Melech Zadik. Barukata Yehovah Eloheinu Melech Ha'olam, Hamotzi Lechemim Haaretz. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, Yehovah, our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. And he said, this represents my body, which is now broken for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Then Yeshua took the cup. And he said, Barukata Yehovah, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Barei Pri Hagafen. Blessed are you, Yehovah, our God, the King of the universe, creator of the fruit of the vine. And then he said, you take my cup, divide it among yourselves. I will not drink a sip of the fruit of the vine till I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. So as often as we do this now, we rehearse not only his death, but we rehearse that we will be at the marriage supper of the lamb, and at the marriage supper of the lamb, he will take his cup and say, Lahaim to life everlasting. And until then, Shabbat Shalom. Gospels, Yeshua tells us, when you see these things happen, look up for your redemption draws nigh. Now he's talking about all kinds of things about the end times, but there's something that needs to happen in the meantime before we get there. That's very important. It's very close to the Father's heart, and that's why we've called this our Father's heart. Please welcome to the stage Keith Johnson and Yehuda Glick, direct from Israel. Welcome. Shalom. Shalom. Really direct. <laughs> yes, really direct. Now, Keith, I understand you've got a very important phone call that led yes. to all this. Tell yes. us about that. So I got a phone call a few weeks ago, literally a few weeks ago from my friend Yehuda, and anytime Yehuda calls, I always pick up. Right, Yehuda? Yep. <laughs> Most of you the time. You pick up the phone and then you're forced to pick me up. 
<laughs> so I get a phone call and he says, hey, Keith, I want to come visit you. I said, great. When are you coming? He says, Hadass and I are going to come. We're going to come through Charlotte and spend some time with you. And what happened in a very short period of time is we started talking about a connection that we've had for years. And the years have been, I've been watching Yehuda since 2013. Uh, I've always said this, Scott, how can I get more people to meet this man and now this man and his wife? He says, we're coming. And now here's some of the controversy. Ready? He says, listen, can you connect me to some churches? I'd like to go visit some churches. I'd like to talk to them about what we're doing. I said, unfortunately, I'm on the most wanted list. Yeah. <laughs> if that's something I think I can do. But I said, however, there is a ministry that I would love to have you get a chance to know. I want a personal note. And I said, it's a rude awakening. He said, okay. You know, the way it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Tell me whatever. So then what ends up happening is I call Ted, I call you, we end up having conversations. What would you think about Yehuda coming in and sharing for a little bit? I mean, maybe you come in and share a little bit. And sure enough, uh, it came that uh, he was willing, you guys are willing, and we're here. And I'll tell you something. I, in the last 24 hours, am more excited than I've ever been about what he's doing now. And I want the folks of A Root Awakening to hear his heart. It's, it's amazing. Mm. It's amazing. Now, Yehuda, you are doing something. Like, we're going to get to that. Yes. We're going to get to that. But first of all, for those of you who, uh, those of our audience who have not heard of you, uh, they, they may hear your name, Yehuda Gleck. I know that from yeah, somewhere, somewhere, a news story <laughs> or something. Yeah. So could you tell us your, your background uh, as to uh, how it relates to Israel and the temple? All of it. Shalom, and so wonderful to be here, and thank you so much for your wonderful hospitality and your just uh, overwhelming welcome that I've received here since I've arrived here, both by Keith and by the studio here, the rude, uh, wonderful campus we're staying at right now. The concept that I've been involved with, and people know me more about, so I'd say for the past two, two decades, is the involvement in Jerusalem as the house of prayer for all nations, mm. where... We know that if we are stepping and we see that the Jewish people have come back home uh, to their homeland in, uh, in the past century, and that's part of the fulfillment of the prophecy of the prophets as described in the Hebrew Bible, that the Jewish people will come back home after several centuries of exile. But we're coming back home not just to move and transfer our bodies geographically, we're coming back home to a new era, mm. the era of redemption, mm. where the world is going through redemption and the world is to recognize the one and only God from Jerusalem, the place that he chose, the venue that he chose to rest his divine presence there. And there will serve as a world center of prayer, of faith, of receiving the word of God from the one place that God chose. So I, for the last two decades, have been involved in teaching the word of God mm. from Jerusalem, the concept of turning Jerusalem into the world center of God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've been involved in, permitting Jews and non-Jews to go on the Temple Mount and to worship God, to turning into a house of prayer for all nations, mm. to fulfill the prophecy of that from Zion will come out the word of God, mm. the, word, the Torah mm. and the word of God from Jerusalem to fulfill this and to see it implemented so that the process that we have begun with the Jewish people coming back home and establishing the state of Israel and redeeming Jerusalem mm. is now not just a national project of the people of Israel, but it's a global project mm. for the world mm. where we're talking about the idea that we're now living in a time where the thirst 
for the word of God from Jerusalem mm. as a place that will unite all nations for one God is being fulfilled. Mm -hmm. So this is what I've been involved in. It's, it's a fight for freedom of, of worship, fight for prayer on the Temple Mount. It's a fight that many of you may have heard of, that seven years ago, I nearly paid my life for this fight when I was approached by a person who tried to assassinate me. And he shot four bullets in the center of my body. And miraculously, thanks to mm. millions of prayers worldwide, mm. I'm now alive. Mm. And for me, this was a message from God that says, go and continue this mission. Mm. This mission of announcing the kingdom of God from Jerusalem to the entire world. Mm. And telling them that, this, that the fact that the Jewish people have returned back home is not just a as I said, not just a national issue to do with the Jewish people, but it's an international message worldwide. And mm. we've been doing whatever we can mm. to rebuild, to rebuild the house of God, to rebuild the temple. We, I've been working with the Temple Institute. I was the director of the Temple Institute for, for, for several years. And then I've been working with the Temple Mount and, and bringing groups Many, many non-Jewish groups, and I can tell you that the numbers are, are, are just shocking. Yeah. If in 2014 we had 180,000 non-Jewish tourists who we brought to Temple Mount, in 2019 we had 800,000. Wow. We grew from 180,000 to 800,000, and that was the activity I was doing. I was totally involved in telling people, we are called by God to come to the Temple Mount. Mm. And until this COVID began, we, we, we were on a graph of, of, of growing numbers where the place that was neglected and desolated and only Muslims were allowed to be there, we brought the numbers of the Jews grew from 5,000 to 50,000 mm. annually. And, and this is what we're doing mm. right now. That was, that's what I was involved in concentrating on, bringing the message of Jerusalem, of the Temple Mount of Zion to the world. Mm. <laughs> I think that's so important now, bringing people together, because like you mentioned, since this whole thing has taken over the world, everyone's afraid, everyone's pulling back, no one's visiting anywhere. So now it's, it's more important to get people together and say, don't forget this. Mm -hmm. Don't forget what we started here. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get into a little bit later in this series, some things that you're doing kind of underground, as it yes, were. It's like, yes. okay, fine. If that's the way the world's going to be, we're still going to go ahead, but we're going to do things a little differently. Scott, I have to tell you something. When I first met Yehuda, we, we were on our way driving here. Uh, well, first of all, let me say, when I picked him up at the airport, mm -hmm. this is the way he is. We, I pick him up at the airport, <laughs> and he says to me, right when I see him, he says, Keith, I've experienced a miracle. Can you tell the people the miracle that you experienced? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's no joke. I, 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 don't, I don't refer to it as a joke, but it, it's serious. So very often, we, 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 we get used to miracles. And we think that, that, that I told him, Keith, you know, how am I doing? I just finished an unbelievable miracle. He said, what happened? What happened? <laughs> Listen, I told, I, I, there was this like iron ship that I was surrounded by and it was flying in the air and it no. didn't fall. And, it, for, <laughs> and we went over the entire Atlantic Ocean, the entire Mediterranean Sea, and it came down here and, and, and I'm here safely thousands of miles, thousands of miles in this miraculous iron ship going through the air. Isn't that a miracle? <laughs> and, 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 and we tend to take things for granted. Yes. We tend to think that the fact that I can sit here in this room and broadcast to Australia or to uh, Africa or Asia, and, and these are all, these, every one of these things are, 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 are miracles. And what the greatest miracle is, the timing. Mm. God 
said, okay, now it's the time. Mm-hmm. I said, all nations are going to come to Jerusalem, so we have to have the Wright brothers invent airplanes. I said, well, I want this message to go, to go around to the world, so we're going to have to invent various different social medias. We're going to have to invent technology that, that, that this message can go, and th- mm-hmm. this is the time. No coincidences. So I, I really feel that, that, that we have to remind ourselves, yes, God's doing miracles, but he's doing them not to show off. Oh, look, I'm a magician. I can pull a rabbit out of a hat, a hat and I can turn you, put you out of, out of a, a box. No, <laughs> God does miracles so that we should use them to promote his plan. That's right. Step and two. So, mm-hmm. Step two. First, he tells me the miracle. We get to the car. I open the trunk. I'm putting his big old bag because he's going to be here in the United States for a little bit. Put the big old bag in. I said, okay, we've got to go. He said, no, 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 no. We can't leave right now. Why can't we leave right now? We've got to do something. So he digs down in his bag and he pulls out a shofar in the parking lot of the Charlotte Douglas Airport. He says, we got to, we, we, we got to, we got to do something. He takes out, I've got a picture here. I'm going to show you this picture. <laughs> I thought to myself, you know what? We're going to the best studio, one of the most amazing ministries. I got to let people see who this guy is. He takes out this beautiful shofar, and he doesn't just blow it for like 10 seconds. It's like five minutes. <laughs> Why, Yehuda? Before you say this, folks, if you did not <laughs> see the Yom Teruah event, this was the first introduction where I said we needed to know about Yehuda and Hadas. I prayed. Could we ever get him live? Well, I'm not sure if I should have done that or not. Because he gets here, he opens up, <laughs> he blows the shofar in the, in the parking lot. And that started something, Scott, that I believe is prophetic at the least. Mm. Why did you blow the shofar in the parking lot at the Charlotte Douglas Airport? As I said to you, and I think with people we should, uh, people who are believers in God, following in the footsteps of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, know that there's mm. a, there's, a, there's a, a symbol, and symbol is hineni. Here I am. Ah. When God puts you on a mission, you say hineni. It could be Abraham on the way to binding his son. Mm. It could be Jacob mm. on the opposite way. When a Jacob goes to meet Joseph for the first time, and, and, and he's, he's, he said, God, this is not the plan. Didn't we say the plan is now establish the people of Israel in, in, in Israel? God says, no, no, no. I have different plans. I do it my way. And Jacob says, hineni. Here I am ready. Mm. Blowing the chauffeur is an announcement to God. Here I am. I've just arrived in Charlotte. Mm. <laughs> I'm not here on, a, on, 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 on an amusement entertaining trip. Mm-hmm. I'm here on a mission. Mm-hmm. And blowing the chauffeur, where the origin of the chauffeur is that binding of, 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 of yes. Isaac and, and saying to God, even things I don't understand. I don't know. I'm, I'm not your planner. You have a plan for me. Here I am, ready to serve you. And we blew the chauffeur. And we directed the shofar to Zion, as the prophet Joel said, blow the shofar to Zion. And it, it's a call to God. It's mm. a call to God. Mm. Accompany me on this mission. Mm. Make this mission successful. I am here now in the United States on a mission. I was supposed to be here with, with my wife, and we'll, we'll talk about that. She's not here with me be, be, because she's busy with that mission. We'll yes, talk about the mission, is. but it doesn't matter. Right now I'm here. Praying to God, there's a call out from the simple shofar to call out to God and say, God, please guide me in the right way. Mm. Put the right words in my mouth. Mm. Put the right emotions in my heart. Yes. Put the right thoughts in my mind. Yes. And help me take those things out and express them as, as an emissary of you. And the blowing of the shofar says, I don't know how to play music, but I'm calling out to you. I want to be your servant. Mm. I'm like a servant, like a shepherd who's with the sheep, 
and saying, God, here I am. I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. I'm here for your sake. You want me to do it, to do it? Just like we said, when I got up after being shot four times, four bullets, and I was, I didn't have that. that was not part of my plan in my life. <laughs> and uh, I went through the month in the hospital and the three months of rehabilitation. And I said, okay, I got it. Now, uh, now it's time to continue. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and I could just tell you that Keith has been to my side for many, many years. He, he supported uh, uh, a lot of things that we did in spreading out the word of, 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 the, of, of the Temple Mount, the world, spreading out the word of, of Jerusalem. And, and it really uh, was, but, uh, but I said, God, okay, you wanted it to go this way, it'll go this way. And I have many, many things that, I, that have happened to me in my life that I, I didn't know how. I told you, I wanted Hadass to be with me right now, but she's busy with, with what she's doing. But okay, now I'm here. I'm in the hands of my identical twin brother. <laughs> As you all see, many people are sure we, they, they people don't know. How do we manage to, 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 to yes. identify who's who? But uh, we know, yes. we, we have a way to recognize who's who. But uh, we, uh, I can say that uh, I said, here I am, God. You gave me in the hands of blowing the chauffeur, but now I'm a hand of my yes. chauffeur. Mm -hmm. And he's my chauffeur here. In, in, yes, I'm in, the chauffeur in, for the chauffeur. The chauffeur, yeah, yeah, the chauffeur for the chauffeur. Can I give you, not three, first of all, the miracle with the miracle and get Second, the chauffeur. <laughs> but I have to tell you something, uh, Scott. When I met Yehuda Glick in 2013, the first place I saw him was on the Temple Mount with young people. Mm. And he didn't have any shoes on. And I took my camera and I said, who is this redheaded guy with no shoes? So I take my camera and I go through there and as I take a video of him and there's a policeman on the other side, they've got the, the walk, the, the, the Muslim walks that are watching him, the Israeli police are watching him and they start filming me and I'm thinking, I'm filming them, they're filming me. I'm like, who is this guy that's got all these people around? I go to the Temple Institute. This is how I am. I said, there's a redheaded guy with no shoes on. They said, oh, that's Rabbi Glick. I said, do you have his phone number? Absolutely. They give me his phone number. This is how it happens. I call the number. I say, hi, my name is Keith Johnson. I'm here in Israel doing a project we called Reclaiming the Real Hanukkah. Mm. You are up on the Temple Mount with a bunch of kids and you don't have any shoes on. I need to speak to you. Sure, he says, meet me at my favorite restaurant. And that began the process that brought him to Charlotte. Mm. That same restaurant, we're going to talk about it again. I got a chance to meet his wife. I asked her a question. She answered. It has started an amazing thing. I just have to bring this to you. I only have a couple of minutes. In 2019, after knowing him in 13, 14, he messes around and almost gets killed. 15, we do this project. 16, we're doing that project. 17, 18, 19, I take a group to Israel. I call Yehuda. Yehuda, yes, Keith, can you come and visit our group? He comes and he visits the group, talks to them, shares about what he's learning. Before I left Israel, he says, will you go with me to the Temple Mount? I asked him, and guess what he said? Will you come and pray with me on the Temple Mount? I said, you mean like silently? He said, no. We're going to go on the Temple Mount, Jew and Gentile, mm. and we're going to pray. I said, now, Yehuda, in 2013, the Muslims were throwing shoes at you. 2014, you almost got shot. 2015, you got arrested. What do you mean we're going to pray together? Do you know that before COVID hit, the day before we were sent away, we met, took a video. Do you remember? He takes me up to the Temple Mount, Scott, and we prayed openly mm. together. 
Now that's a big deal because I remember that's when, ne when Nehemiah's been on this stage, <laughs> yeah. he's told me that when he's gone up on the Temple yeah. Mount, he doesn't, and he being uh, a Karite Jew, yeah. Yeah. does not dare mouth words. No, he he covers his mouth because he doesn't want to be seen and ushered off of the yeah. Temple Mount yeah. for yeah. praying aloud you, you know, or not even be seen like you're thinking of praying. Yeah. So to do this aloud is I was crazy. kicked <laughs> off the Temple Mount because I met with him in 2014. And in 2019, he says, will you ascend the Temple Mount. Now, there's a video that we're going to have a rude awakening have here mm -hmm. where on Shavuot, he led a group of Jewish people up to the Temple Mount. We're going to make that available. I don't know how it's going to work. But, but Yehuda, can you just please give some context about how big of a shift it was? 2013 to 2019, we're praying together. How does that happen? First of all, we have a long way to go still. We're not, we haven't we have preached, a long way we to have go. a long way to yes. go and we'll talk about that. But I wanna say that, uh, yes, we've made a shift and the shift is because people are going on the Temple Mount. The numbers of 180,000 to 800,000 or the numbers from 5,000 to 50,000 are putting shoes on the ground. Amen. And when people come to the Temple Mount, it's, it's, it's one thing where, when you have a group of 10 people and you say, guys, don't, if you move your lips, I'll arrest you. It's a different thing when you see hundreds of people coming. Amen. And the more we show to God, and that's the way God works, the more we show Amen. him that we want to go in his footsteps, the more we say to him, God, here we are, yes. and we come, he'll be to our side. Amen. And that's something that I've learned on my lifetime, always. When you say, God, here I am, I'm ready, eventually he's with you. Mm. And he gives the push. You just open the opening the size of a, of a needle hole, mm. and he'll open the size of a temple. Mm. It's, 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 it's only our um, mission our assignment to say to God, here I am, ready. I'm mm. ready to serve you. Mm. And then it happens. Mm. And things have changed. We're still, things Process. are still problematic on Temple Mount. Things that they don't always allow what we wanted, wanted to allow. But we've had prayer on Temple Mount, Zoom prayer on Temple Mount with pastors yes. uh, 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 on every topic. Yes. We, I remember when, when, when the story here in America with George Floyd mm -hmm. and we had uh, Afro-American pastors together with white Americans, with Asian-American pastors praying, each one of them reading or reciting a different one of the Song of Ascent, so the 15th mm -hmm. Song of Ascent from 120 to one. Beautiful. He led us around the Temple Mount, and I'm sitting there worldwide, and we're praying. He's got us praying Gentiles on the Temple Mount as he's leading us. As, <laughs> well, you're, as you're marching around the Temple Mount, this reminds oh, me right. of Jericho, where instead of marching around and seeing it fall, mm. we're marching around to see the resistance fall. Yes, and the building. And the building brought up, right. So let's continue this in just a second. Oh, so, will for sure. So Yehuda, Keith, thank you for being here, and thank you for being here because you brought them here. So by bringing Yehuda here from Israel was only possible because of your support. We wanna thank you for that. Someone made it possible for you to see today's program. Today, your donation makes it possible for others to see this into the future because if not, this program will disappear. So we need to have continued support to have this keep on going around the world. You heard what is going on here. It's all over the world, not just in Charlotte, not just in Israel. All over the world, this kind of thing is happening. So that's due to your support. Thank you so much. We're going to give you an opportunity to do some more. We'll be back in two minutes. Thank you for your support of Shabbat Night Live. You know, when you go to downtown Charlotte, some people call it downtown, some people call it uptown. You <laughs> might say, I'm going down to Charlotte, I'm going downtown. But when you go to Jerusalem, for thousands of years, it has always been, you don't go down to Jerusalem, regardless of whether it's north, south, east, or west. You go 
up mm. to Jerusalem. You ascend to Jerusalem. <laughs> it is where Yehovah puts his name. That's why you always ascend mm. to Jerusalem. And uh, Keith, before the break, we were talking about how Yehuda had uh, circled uh, the Temple Mount with prayer via Zoom, if we have to, whatever means possible. And uh, there's three books in front of you by this man. Yeah, and actually, I wanted to say something about these books. Uh, they're actually the same book. And uh, Yehuda, first we have the English version of Arise and Ascend. We have the Hebrew version of Arise and Ascend. And then I was in Singapore, mm -hmm. binding my own business. <laughs> and as I'm in Singapore doing this international leadership uh, project, the guy says, hey, I'm on my way to go see this guy from the Knesset. I said, oh, really? What's his name? Yehuda Glick. <laughs> You're going to go see Yehuda Glick, the Knesset guy, and I'm in Singapore at the same time. I said, when are you going? He tells me the number. I call Yehuda on the phone. I said, Yehuda, where are you? Oh! my friend Keith, I'm in Singapore, he says to me. <laughs> I said, I'm in Singapore. And we ended up, I get the chills about this. I've had so many interactions with this man. That's why I want you all to meet him. He is the example of the father's heart, showing in, in practical ways what it means to walk out Torah in the land mm. of Israel. This book, Arise and Ascend, I'm just going to let you just explain real quick about it. But uh, this is in, I think, three or four or five different languages. We got a chance to be a part of helping uh, to do this. But, but why did you feel like you wanted to have a book? Can you just, can you just talk about that? First of all, I want to tell the, 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 the real story behind that book. Oh, yes. <laughs> when, I, when I was uh, uh, in my three months of rehabilitation mm -hmm. and I couldn't move, I was pretty much on my couch in my house. And I said, well, God put me here on my couch. And I guess he might, maybe he wants me to have other plans for me. So I said, okay, maybe we'll, instead of guiding uh, people on the Temple Mount, like I always do, let me write a tour guide book, a, a, a hand personal for people who are not there. So for a few months, I was working on, 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 on preparing uh, this, this book. And uh, we had it all edited. And then I called up the uh, printing place and I said, listen, uh, how much would it cost me to print a thousand copies of this book? I said, well, you know, how many people can be interested in this book? How much would it cost? I said, $5,000. At the time, I really had, had nothing on me. So I called up and I said to God, I called up. I, <laughs> I go I to God and I say to him, listen, God. You have the almighty's number. Wow. Hey, he's got his number directly. I, I say to him, <laughs> I, said, I said to God, look, this is the book. It's ready to be printed. If I get the $5,000, I'll put it out. If not, it'll wait. A week later, I get a phone call from Keith. He says to me, listen, I'm coming to Israel, and I want to meet with you, and I want to bring you something. He says, listen, I want to, I want to know this, what size of your jacket you wear. I said, well, what size jacket I wear? Yeah, I gave him my size of my jacket. Anyway, a few, make a short, long, story story, short, long story short, he knocks on my door, and he comes to me, and he says, I have two presents for you. Okay? First, he takes out a suitcase a bulletproof jacket for me. And that was number nice. one. Kevlar. Bulletproof jacket. Number two, he says, I got an envelope for you. And truth, I open the envelope, and there's a check of $5,000. <laughs> and uh, Keith was the first person to put, publish this first book. We made 1,000 copies of it, and I said, okay, we'll get rid of, a few years it'll take me to get rid of 1,000 copies. We've already um, sold more than 10,000 copies of this book. And then it was translated to Hebrew. It was translated to Russian, it was translated to Ukrainian, translated to French, and translated to Chinese, two different versions of Chinese. And I'm sure yeah, those who are watching, you see, you see this is the one, the, the uh, simplified Russian, the Chinese. The other one is the, uh, is the, is, uh, the literature Chinese. But anyway, it's the Mandarin Chinese, the one they speak in Taiwan, the one they speak in China. Anyway, 
But this book is like a, a, a guided tour, and I knew right away that this is what Hashem wants. If He sent me the five thousand dollars, as as I told Him, and 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 uh, and and then the book came out. Then many things happened in my life, and I, and I really want to because this is going to yes, lead us to, to where, where we're going. So in uh, 2014, October 29, 2014, I'm shot. Um, I'm in the hospital for a few months. And I, thank God, I'm pretty much healed. I mean, healed. If you can say I'm healed, I mean, I have, I have broken ribs. They're going to be broken for the, for the rest of my life. I have, uh, I was, half of my lungs were amputated and uh, mm-hmm. um, part of my intestines was amputated and I have pain in my, my, my spine bone, but I'm, I'm alive. I'm walking around and I'm... I'm uh, and I, really, I survived uh, this uh, this uh, issue. I'm in pain till this very day, but I'm I'm walking around and, I, and really I'm really uh, available. But then God takes me on a, a new a new a few different rides. First of all, at the time I was married to my wife Yaffe, mm. who who when we got married, she was a widow. She had two little children. Mm. Her first husband passed away from cancer when she was 23 years old. Mm. That means she had a son, and the daughter was born a week later. And uh, then uh, uh, the, the, the water is the, my do- the daughter was born a week after her father had passed away. A year and a half later, she's twenty four and a half. I'm twenty five and a half, and we marry. And then we've, we 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 lived together for twenty six years. Uh, she we had four ch- sons together, so that's my f- the first two children of my of Hadas of Yafi. Have was a boy and a girl. That girl, by the way, who was born a week after her father passed away, is now mother of six. But uh, okay, four boys together, and then we adopted another two girls. <laughs> and then they have this event of the uh, of the of the uh, uh, assassination attempt. And after I f- f- become healed, and she was there with me twenty four hours a day, twenty around the clock. Yafi falls into a very deep illness mm. and uh, sort of a, more, more like a psychiatric uh, illness, uh, a, a, a post-traumatic after mm. she, she lost her first husband and she witnesses the shooting of her second husband. Mm. And she, uh, for two years, was fighting it. She mm. fought it and she, she went through all kinds of treatments, like a psychiatric treatment. She went through many kinds of, of workshops of, of photography, of, of, of yoga, and, and studying Bible. And she, unfortunately, she didn't survive. So for two years, she was going through this illness, and she passed away mm. on January 1st, 2018. Yafi passed away. Meanwhile, in this whole period of time, where Yafi is sick and ill, I had got to send me on another mission. And I become a member of the Israeli parliament. Ah. I rerun for the, the Israeli, I, I, I'm number 33 on the Likud list. According to all the polls, the Likud is going to get 20 seats. I told her, Yafi, don't worry. I know you hate politics. I'm not going to be part of politics. They want my name to use my name. No problem. I'll be number 33 on the list. The polls say we get 20. <laughs> and don't worry. It'll be okay. So eventually, don't believe, don't believe polls. And don't believe husbands. <laughs> the Likud gets 30 seats. I'm still out. But then three members of the Israeli could decide to leave. One becomes the Israeli ambassador in the, in the United Nations, Danny Danone. One becomes, uh, one leaves for personal reasons, one leaves for political reasons. And there I find myself a member of Knesset. <laughs> a member of Knesset? <laughs> what do you do as a member of Knesset? <laughs> so I'm there, a member of Knesset. 
and promoting Jerusalem and, and, and doing other, a lot of other issues, including fighting, smoking, and, and, and promoting. And we opened a lobby for studying Bible in the Knesset to the world from yes. the world of God yes. of Jerusalem. And then, as I said, January 1st to 18, Yafi, my late beloved wife, passed away. Mm. And I'm there in the Knesset going through a very difficult year, mm. trying to cope with being a widow with eight children. Yafi's two, two children, my four sons, and two daughters that we had adopted. Mm. And uh, for a whole year, I was really there trying to put on my mask of how great things are, but inside I was, mm. it was tough, tough. It was very, very tough. And my last speech in the Knesset, my officially last speech in the Knesset, <laughs> I make an announcement. And what happens was, a few weeks earlier, comes to me a lady who had established an organization called The Brave, Amitzim. She says to me, uh, Rabbi Glick, member of Knesset Glick, I need your time. She sits with me for, for like, a, I said, listen, you know, let, let's talk for five minutes and we'll see. So we sit in for like five, ten minutes. And then she says, listen, I need more time of yours. Can you give me two hours? So I said, listen, I'll give you my lifetime. And, the, and today, <laughs> Hadash... Well, that's a little forward. Yeah, so, uh, uh, it's really, that's Hadash is my beloved wife. And ever since then, we, we're, we're promoting a, a, a new project. No, hang on. I was, hang on but we'll get to that. What, what was the reaction when you first said that? You said, <laughs> you said give me my lifetime. You said, what was her reaction? <laughs> we dated a few times. And then she went with it. But my, my final, my last, my last speech in the Knesset, my last speech in the Knesset, officially my last speech in the Knesset, I announced at the Knesset that uh, Hadass and myself have decided to get married and uh, to devote our life to, to a new project. But when Hadass met me, I told her, listen, Hadass, you know, I am involved in a project. The project is promoting the redemption process. Yes. The, pro the project is bringing about God's name, God's divine presence in this world. And she says, okay, I know. We're going to do that. We're going to do it together. Mm. And uh, so uh, uh, what, 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 what I said, I told Adas, no matter what, I promised God that when he saved my life, when I was lying there in the hospital, and yes. I, was, and I, I said to God, God, if you give me back my life, I will devote it to promoting the process of redemption. Amen. I will devote it to promoting the, the, the announcing of your name worldwide. I will talk about Jerusalem, about the centrality of Jerusalem, about the, the, the recognition of one God, one people, one land, one Jerusalem to the whole world. I will, I will, be, I, I will, I will devote my life to that. So today, I, I have a new life. I'm remarried. Uh, to Hadas, who has four children of her own. Oh my so, gosh! So together we have we have tw the twelve tribes, and we, <laughs> and, uh, and, we're, and we're, we, have, we have the twelve tribes. Yes. But uh, but really, when I look back at my life till now, and then we'll talk about what goes on from now. But till now, since I I I, I by the way I didn't uh, mention maybe I'll mention what that I was working in the ministry of absorption for many years. Ministry of Immigrant Absorption, mm -hmm. which would bring immigrants to Israel. And for my, and, and, and once, I'll tell you a, a nice anecdote, once a, 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 a TV, a, a radio reporter comes to me and says, listen, I was studying in the course and I, and I wanted to become the reporter in charge of, of you know, defense, of, of foreign ministry issues, of, of, of economy. 
and they they put me the job to to cover uh, the immigrant absorption issue, and I'm so disappointed. What can I do? I told her, listen, you may think I'm working here in the Ministry of Immigrant Absorption. You're wrong. We are here promoting the plan of the book. We are here bringing the people of Israel back to the world, to, 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 to the land. We, you are the spokesman of the godly phenomena of bringing. You are the luckiest person in the world. <laughs> anyway, today she's the leading TV star, but that, that was the story. And I really felt that I was doing something great. And then I became the director of the, the southern district of the ministry. And then the government decided mm. to bring this project of uprooting Jews from various different settlements in Israel called the Gaza Disengagement mm. Project. And I was the only civil servant who got up and resigned from my, my position. I said, I'm not part of the government that, that uproots Jews from their, from, their, from their houses. And then I got the phone call from the Temple Institute saying, listen, we heard what you did. We want you to be the director of the Temple Institute. <laughs> so, so I was involved in the return of the Jewish people. Mm. We were involved in bringing immigrants from, from, from former Soviet Union, from France, from Ethiopia, from Argentina, from United States of America, from all over. Then I became involved in the building of the temple. Then I became involved in the Temple Institute, at the Temple Mountain, of bring, turning it into a house of prayer for all nations. And now I hear I am, found myself in the Knesset, as a member of Knesset, bringing this message to the world of this whole phenomena of the return back to Israel. And now I, I, I say to myself, what is the next step in the redemption process? He forgot one thing. Mm. One thing? Forgot so one many thing. things. No, he forgot one thing. <laughs> Between the time he was in the Knesset, by the time he marries Hadass, who, by the way, it's my understanding, if, if, if you will allow it, that we're going to eventually going to get a chance to have Hadass share the real shift and change that takes You'll see, she's the real redhead in my family. Yeah. But let me just tell you one other thing he didn't mention. Yehuda, uh, can I say this? I think I'll say it. I'm going to say it anyway. He ran for president of Israel. In fact, on the way here, the office of the president is trying to get a hold of Yehuda. This, this is a man, I want to say something. He'll never say it. Here's a man who has his boots on the ground in Israel, has been at the highest level of, of government, and yet his heart, for who he is and what he does is so, I'm hoping on the issue of redemption, you'll open this little Bible you have here, uh, Scott, just a little bit. Because when we talk about redemption, there's a passage that shifted and changed all of the things he's done to the point now he's doing something that I believe we've got to embrace. But it's based on that book. Could we, could we? Do we have a minute oh, for please, that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this Absolutely. is a wonderful book, by the way. It's a bestseller. It's a, <laughs> it, not Harry Potter, much better than that. It, according to, to what I saw in Google, it came out already in, in 4 billion copies in uh, 700 languages, I think, or more than 1,000 languages. I don't remember exactly. Anyway, uh, let's uh, read what, what Jeremiah teaches us right. about the rebuilding of the temple. Where are we and, going? Scott, you have, you I have would say Jeremiah book? chapter 7. Yeah. Okay. Where there we have uh, Jeremiah... Uh, criticizing the people and saying uh, exploration, I would say, and, and, and saying, guys, listen, don't just talk about the temple itself. Amen. The temple is not just a piece of real estate. Amen. It's not just, let's say, let's give me a million dollars, I'll build a temple and we'll, everything will be. No. Don't trust in the thing. That, okay, the temple, 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 temple. But God says, and I'm reading Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 5. Can you do me a favor? 
Scott, we asked you to bring your Bible. What Bible did you get? I, I grabbed one from Michael Rude's office. This oh, is Michael that's Rude's what I'm Bible. This, this is a uh, so, this is a King James. Excellent. So you know what? Why don't you read okay. uh, King James, Jeremiah, verse chapter seven, verse five, six, and seven. Five, six, and seven. All right. For if you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if you thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, if you oppress not the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, and shed not innocent blood in this place, neither walk after other gods to your hurt, then I will cause you to dwell in this place, mm. in the land that I gave to your fathers mm. forever and ever. Mm. Forever and ever. God says, I want you to rebuild the temple. Many people say, many scholars say, oh, the prophets say, we don't need offerings, we don't need the temple. No, no. God says, I want the temple. But in order to build the temple, mm. you're walking in two parallel ways. On the one hand, you're promoting the building of the temple and the importance of the temple. On the other way, you're following and building up the path of walking in the footsteps of God. And God Amen. says, what does it include? It includes, and he begins the first thing, Justice between man and his neighbor by making sure not to oppress the orphan and the widow, mm -hmm. the fatherless and the widow. Mm. Here's what we're doing. If I married a, 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 a widow, became a widow, mm. and married a widow again. <laughs> I, I married a widow, became a widower, and married a widow again. And then I see that God is putting me in a point where I'm here trying to promote the redemption process of announcing God's name in this place, Bamakom Hazeh. The Makom, the word Makom, place. Mm. For those who are lacking a place. Yes. Mm. The sojourner. And building a house for those who have experienced destruction of a house. Mm. The building the house of God by building the most sacred thing in this world, homes of human beings, mm. homes of families. And here's what God says. And, 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 we're, we're, and, and I really think that's a very important message that God's talking about. He says, don't forget, I want to rest my divine presence in this house. I want to be part of this process forever and ever. Mm. It begins with the orphans and the widows. Scott, I got to confess something. Mm. I'm hoping that you guys would like to have some Bible study like I've had with this guy. He's not only a Knesset member, he's not only in his PhD, not only is he married, he's also a Bible scholar. What would, could, could we, could we keep? Could oh, I think we need to because we've just barely scratched one verse here. Oh. So we need to, we need to keep going. So, so we could do that. would you guys, now you, you have some time here in America. You could come back next week, right? Okay. We'll come back. I have no choice. We worship him. He blew the shofar. He blew the shofar. You might as well stay over. And that means I get more time with him. Yes. <laughs> the orphans and the widows, widows are his children. Yes. And he says he's the redeemer and he's the Amen. protector of the orphan and the widow. And therefore, we have to understand what does the Bible want from us to do mm -hmm. with the orphans and the widows? Indeed. Jehovah says, in my house are many rooms. And what are those rooms for? Orphans and widows like you and me. All right, so let's continue next week. Thank you for joining us on Shabbat Night Live. Come back next week. We'll have Keith here, we'll have Yehuda here, and we hope you'll, you'll be here as well. Okay, see you next week. Shabbat Shalom.